Hi, my name is John. And my name's Chris. And, and this, this is Stay on, on Target. Hey, everybody, welcome to Stay on Target. We are your hosts. You can find us online at stayontargetpodcast.com. My voice kind of like cracked there. Good grief. That's right, John. This week, we are reviewing x-men dark phoenix dark phoenix yes is it a very dark movie <laughs> it is a dark movie is it like dark like batman versus superman dark no i don't know i don't know <laughs> you remember when I, you remember the year everything was dark we had thor the dark world oh my goodness uh there was something else that was dark Dude, everything for a minute there. Like, I feel like superhero movies, just in general, or movies. Star in Trek Into Darkness. Yeah, we're trying to be just so like dark. Yeah, I mean this this uh, Dark Phoenix it succeeds. It does succeed. Yeah. Um. So we'll review that a little bit later. That's right. We also have uh, some really cool pre E three news. See, my thing is like, is ev- like E three technically doesn't start until like Wednesday next week. So technically everything is like. Pre E3 news. Totally. I'm just going to go ahead and like go out on a limb here, Chris. Yeah. This is E3 news. Okay. This is E3 news. I like Boom. it. Boom. I like it. Um, yeah. I mean, honestly, you like In it. your face, E3. Well, I don't know. And honestly, in, in years past, probably traditionally, this kind of stuff would probably happen the week of E3. That's true. The Google Stadia stuff. Yeah, that's right. And the um, Destiny stuff. That's right. Well, maybe not Destiny. They tend to do their own thing. Yeah, but. they do, they have their own like schedule for their own live streams. I will say the Google Stadia stuff like came out of nowhere, man. Like that they were like, "Oh, here's a conference yeah. in less than a week." I know. So I, I do feel like this is kind of probably like the the this is kind of the beginning of E3. Yeah. Agreed. I mean, that's what like it's the Stadia stuff they they were trying like they used the hashtag E3. Did they? And, yeah, on a lot of their <laughs> social media stuff. And so like I think this is what this is the way Google does E3. I think they're just trying to get out in front of it so that 100%. Like, they don't get buried 100%. in the press. Yeah. And not because they did stupid things, but because, uh, you know, there's other cooler things. Happening. And also, nobody expects necessarily Google to be no. at E3. No. Uh, but we'll talk about that later. John, what have you been up to this week? Oh, man. So, this week, prepping for vacation. Okay. I'm going to head out of town, uh, yeah. going to Disney, taking Des down there before his first birthday yeah. again. Um, it's going to be awesome. But uh, in addition to that, I've been playing some Apex, but they did a major content update. Is season for, two? It's not. They haven't detailed it yet. That's going to happen at the EA like okay. play. EA their play, yeah. gigantic live stream thing. They've got a time blocked out for that. Yeah. But they, they dropped some new content with, with the pass, uh, the battle pass for season one. Yeah. And then they added um, uh, a week and a half of challenges. Um, so like, oh, you know, uh, get two wins in the next week and a half, and you get an awesome skin for this this weapon, or get top five in in regular. And they introduced a new game mode, which is elite. Which if you get top five in a regular match, then you get a token to then you can play in elite. This is really confusing. It's and very confusing. Me, but it's fine. It's fine. Um, I but I've been playing that, enjoying that a lot. Uh, one feature that they added a, a couple of weeks ago that I have been noticing, but didn't like really like understand what was happening um they added a an option for so rather than having people on comms like so whenever you get in there people are just open party chat talking to you they have a voice to text they've always had that and it will show up on your screen yeah. automatically now they've always had that have they always had that yeah i turned that on day one it's amazing yeah it, it they set it to default after one update like so it's on by default okay. so like i'm i have everybody muted but yeah. like I can read there, like oh I'm gonna go over here, I'm yeah. gonna do this, and like that's super handy. Yeah. Um, because as someone who doesn't want to listen to people, I don't mind reading what they say. Right. Yeah, <laughs> I, I turned that on as well. Yeah, they've had that since day one. That's awesome. So it's kind of just buried in the menus. Yeah. But 
I, I like honestly, or well, the way I fa- found it, I read some kind of you know uh, blog. It was like you know nine things to know before you play Apex Legends. Nice. And that was one of the you nice. know tips. Bumper jumper and that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, that's cool. I I was also uh, watching some just new stuff the other day. Um, just talking about the major just streamer drop off and player base mm. drop off. So like, yeah, I think it. Uh, I, I could get these these wrong, but I think in like February when it launched. Um, it made like $73 million or something like mm-hmm. that that month, and now it's dropped to like 22, 23, 24. So much money. Something like that. So, like, you know, they've had a 50 million drop off yeah. know, month to month. Um, it's also interesting. Like, I mean, that was right around the time that, um, or I guess a few weeks ago, we talked about how Vincent Pillar was like, okay, we this season is lasting way too long. We're going to have better, better updates, bigger updates, faster yeah, I mean, updates. That's what I was going to, you know, like, that's what I was going to, like, it, it came out of the gate and it was like, man, this is awesome. Yeah. I feel like they um, kind of took, had a misstep whenever mm-hmm. they released season one. Yep. And, not only were did was the season pass not that great. Yeah, it wasn't uh, overwhelming. Um, and the, but like still like nothing's changing about the game. And you look yeah. at things like Fortnite, and like it or not, they are setting the pace for the way this works. Yeah, uh, you, you have to like look at and use PUBG as like a canary in the coal mine. Like you can't just uh, sit back and slowly iterate. Mm-hmm. You have to do this like almost daily sometimes iteration it feels like with With Fortnite Fortnite. for sure yeah I mean it's it's weekly 100% but sometimes it's more rapid than that yeah Um, and especially like whenever they like they introduce a new weapon it's like oh we're gonna tweak that uh, tomorrow right well I mean new it's not even new weapons it's like you know you have the the different cups and like Mm -hmm. uh, I I can't remember what they're called but like what are they? The, the limited time modes. Yeah, the, limited time modes, but those are usually there on a weekly basis. But right. like they have like it's the it's the competitive. Oh yeah, pieces. yeah. This, the uh, the the what are they called? The oh my goodness. Yeah, whatever they are. The tournaments. Series. Tournaments. Yes. Yes. Yeah, and you have those like those change out on a daily basis. Well, sometimes like faster. They'll be like, oh, you know, this half of this day, or yeah. they'll have an overlap or something. So yeah, it's it's. That for sure. I also think like just being underwhelming. Like that's why I hadn't bought the battle pass. It was just underwhelming. Where I was looking at this thing, going like, how yeah. is this any different than the other skins that I'm getting without buying the battle pass? Yeah. Um, this update because they released the the things. Oh, if you you know do these challenges, you get those things. They also released a, another set of free things that you get with the battle pass with season one. With season one of the battle pass. So like, I bought it. I finally like it was enough where I was like checking off the box. Like, okay, that's cool. That's cool. That's cool. It was enough for me to just buy it where i was like i have already yeah. earned all these things i'm gonna just go ahead and spend the uh the ten dollars and get the battle pass so, so and I, hopefully I finally they, did hopefully they've learned a lesson with that yeah and hopefully a lot of people like whenever they did do the content update a lot of people were like yeah okay now that puts me over the edge i'm gonna be at the battle pass and so they saw this uptick and they're like okay that's what we need to do yeah um i also wonder if they're ever going to be able to get that many people back because you figure like something starts off uh whenever it drops it dropped it was such a huge spike of people right off the bat like they had all these numbers. Um, and then, like you said, dropped off dr- drastically between then and now. And I just don't know if they'll ever really get that many eyes on them again because they were the hot thing for the moment. I mean, I th- I, again, it just kind of depends on what they do with it. If they, you know, let things peter out and grow stale, then the answer will be no. Yeah. Like, but I, there's the thing, you know, like, uh, they don't have to beat Fortnite, they just have to outlast them. Yeah. 
or or please the people that are there like yeah. you figure like even like rocket league another game that i really enjoy it's they've been rocking on rocket league for a really long time and it's because they 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 even said like we don't really probably we won't ever put out a new game right like, we won't put out a rocket league 2 or anything hopefully um and it, like I, I'm happy, largely happy with what they have to offer on Rocket League as yeah. well, and so you know I, I'll pop in there and buy things occasionally or whatever. And so, it's it's as long as you can make the people that are willing to play your game happy totally. and it makes sense monetarily for for the company. It's like oh, totally continue on. Yeah, do your thing. Um, also, in preparation for the vacation, I bought a uh, an indie game called Iconoclasts mm. um, on sale on Switch. So I'm gonna be I'm gonna be checking that out over the next week or so. Nice, nice, cool. It'll be a good time. Cool. What have you been up to this week, Chris? Man, so I've jumped back into uh, Spider-Man PS4, Ooh. and I've been playing a lot of that. I also <sighs> jumped back into Fortnite. <laughs> nice, nice. Over the weekend, did you get your win for the season yet? No, ah, I bummer. came in second place in teams the other night mm. um that was uh that was a rough one that's a hard hard pill to swallow man yeah um basically i i had gotten in a situation where uh they like there was they had already built the tower where the circle was going mm. to move and so they just kind of like relocated and got me but it was also two on one so that's that's a hard situation already that's a really hard situation yeah. i mean and you know even whenever you're on top of your a game, it's, yeah. it's a hard situation just because it's, it's, it's the flip of a coin. Yeah. So, I don't know. Like, I'm still... The the um, umbrella for the season is amazing. It's, got this, it's clear. It's like a force field umbrella. Mm, so, you're on the quest. Cool. I'm on the quest. I like, But I'm not playing it, like, every night like I should be if I was actually really <laughs> on the quest. So, there's that. But Spider-Man, Chris. Yeah, still, Spider-Man. Still, still a good game? Yeah. Oh, definitely. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, so, here's the thing. Um, I like Spider-Man a lot. The fetch quests mm-hmm. and side quests are not my favorites. Yeah, the anything besides the main campaign um, felt largely just kind of there to fill time. Yeah, it's it's real dumb, and even the things that like tie into the story doesn't tie into the story well. Uh, for instance, you'll go like try to have to locate some individual who is lost, mm-hmm. and like, hey, here's a recent picture of him, but the pictures this was taken uh, um, half an hour ago. Pictures in broad daylight. What time is it outside? Nighttime. Mm-hmm. It's been nighttime for literal hours. Mm-hmm. Uh, the so day-night cycle is interesting on that game. Day-night cycle is real stupid. Uh, and all they have to do is you know, make certain things available at the right times. Yeah, only at or night, only during make the day. them completely time agnostic. Mm-hmm. You know, like time neutral. Mm-hmm. Like, just like don't put a time limit on the, these things. Yep. Same thing with like uh, there's, a, there's a mission – uh, with MJ and um, you show up and it's like 15 minutes earlier. It's like, well, I know what I was doing 15 minutes earlier and uh, it took me longer to get than 15 minutes to get here because I did all these crazy things. Mm-hmm. So like just stop with the time stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just, it's nitpicky. But I also like, I don't, uh, you know, I, I feel like um, this is the wrong way to do side quests. Whereas I feel like things like Arkham Knight are the right way where like you clear an area mm-hmm. and it's freaking done. Mm-hmm. Like, if I go through an area, I can I I can see over on the side that I have unlocked like three different things. So I'm probably gonna have to come back through this area like three more times yep. to clear out. Thing. I, like I don't want to be doing that. There's no no reason. Well, and then for for if you were doing the game in an efficient way, like 
again, like I like clearing areas. And right. so I found myself constantly going back to an area that I'd already like cleared off. Cause like the first thing I did whenever they're like, Oh, here, here's a bunch of backpacks. What did I go do? All the Got backpacks. Literally all the well, backpacks. And they incentivize you to do that because <laughs> yeah. whenever you, uh, you perform different functions, you mm-hmm. get these, I don't even know what they want to call them, but like mm-hmm. the uh, the things that tokens that you use to upgrade, right. get new suits, yep. get new abilities. Yep. Like so, you need to do that. Oh, you yeah. need to play it the way we're playing it. Yeah. Well, I just don't like that. Yeah. And then then like a little bit later, it's like, oh, here, go collect this other, like unlock all of these things or whatever. Uh, yeah. Do all the towers. And so it's like, well, I guess I'm gonna swing back around the entire city again. And you know, so you yeah. basically do like constant sweeps also, of the like, city, which you know, the traversal very fun. True. 14th time around the city? Yeah. Not so much. Also, uh, there are those mini games there in uh, Octavius's lab. Yeah. They never tell you that those are available. No. So you're constantly kind of just like checking them. Uh, worried that you're going to miss one. Or not even, I'm not worried, <laughs> but like I want to complete them all. Right. I, because they give you those tokens and yep. also they're kind of fun. The thing is, like, I feel like, so do you go there specifically for that? If I'm in the area, mm. so you I'll don't, stop by. Don't do that. They'll they'll be there. Like, you'll go to the lab. It'll be required to the, go to the lab oh, yeah. I mean, enough times to actually complete them. Totally. And that's and I've realized that now. <laughs> But, but I they still, don't tell you that. But I still stop in every once oh, in a yeah, while. They don't tell you that. Um, uh, yeah, yeah. There's uh, there's a lot of things about that game that are. I feel like the the next one, whatever the next Spider-Man PS4 is going to be, won't won't trip over those same uh, same things. But I still love that game. So good. The yeah. main story. Oh my gosh. Yeah, the main story Very is much great. Enjoy. Main story is really great, and I and I do enjoy like several of the of the uh, side missions. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't know if I you know that you get different ratings on some of them. Yeah. I, I don't. I, am I going to be required to get perfect ratings on all? You of them? You don't have to get perfect ratings on all of them, but you have to, uh, as a, as a unit, if you're going to do the platinum, as a unit, you have to get a certain number of stars. Mm. So um, you basically pick all your favorite ones. Yeah. Do three stars on those, and then you may have to get like a two stars on all the ones that you or on okay. on some of the ones that you don't like. Well, I can the drone that. ones specifically are real bad. Yeah, like real hard. Yeah, the drone ones suck. Um, I also the day night thing has also been a thing like with me where I'm like, why not just do a dynamic like like you said like just make it not dependent on the time of day because yeah. sometimes you'll hit some of those and it'll change to night for literally this like mini game essentially and then you pop back out and it turns it back to day like the engine has to like go up into the sky and turn it back to day so it's very strange when it needs to be night when it needs to be day and why that's the case so uh the other thing last thing i'll say about it like and i I sound like i'm being super negative on this game i really like it no it's a great game um i think i i don't like it as much as i did when i first started just because of like just the persistence of a lot of these things yeah um the requirement to go around and um, defeat all these hideouts or th- whatever they're called, mm-hmm. strongholds or can't, I don't even know what they're called. Yeah. The Fisk hideouts and mm-hmm. then uh, later on, like the different factions. Um, it's it's kind of like in Arkham Knight, whenever you'd go around and like uh, beat up these guys. But what I liked about those were that there was always a different way to approach those battles in Arkham yeah. Knight, whereas th- these are largely the same. Like you yeah, sneak you around, use the same strategy. You sneak around and like you know pick people off until they notice you, mm-hmm. and then you go all out. You know, fighting waves and waves. Bring of on enemies. the electric fisticuffs. Yep, that's. I mean, that's the that's the only that's the that 
Uh, yeah, and that's the other thing I don't like. It's like, well, that's the that's the only one to use now. Uh, like now so that I have funny. that, like yeah. you don't use anything else. Yeah. Because you know, like there's well, no. Well, point. I know this. You know, it works. Like if yeah. it doesn't, if it, if it doesn't stop working or it does, there's no reason to not do it. Right. Why would I not? Exactly. You know? Um. The. Uh, yeah, I thought those were they're you know the same, like very samey, largely. But yeah. yeah. So I've been ignoring those because I find them Don't tedious and boring. You will, in order to do the platinum, if you want to do the platinum, you will have to do. Well, those. I need I need them to like open, unlock more suits now. That's true. I mean, so yeah. After a certain time point, I want another like you suit, I have to to go do them. Man, there's one suit that once you unlock it, I don't know that you'll want to move off of that suit either. That's how it happened with me. Hmm. I'm not gonna spoil what it is. Okay. But uh, once I unlocked it. I really didn't change suits after Does that. Just nuke everything. Well, I mean, it was like no. I mean, it wasn't even like the ability. It's just the oh, look. It looks cool. It just looks. Is it the shiny so regular cool. Spider-Man one? Uh, it, no. Okay. No, I don't. I don't know. It depends. I can, do you want me to say? Sure. Okay. Spoilers for a suit in Spider-Man. It's the 2D Spider-Man. Oh, there's a 2D Spider-Man. There's a 2D Spider-Man what? suit. It looks fantastic. That's amazing. It's so funny. Like with watching, like the it's like from the old classic cartoon or whatever. Like Isn't the, there like a secret suit that I don't? I think there's a secret. suit. There is a secret suit, and uh, it's it's if I've you take a photo of every single one of the landmarks or whatever, you get the secret suit. Oh, maybe I already did that. So you have to go around the entire city, and I missed one one time. Oh man! Then I had to go around the city again. And oh gosh! Anyway, um, but yeah, the uh, the, <laughs> the 2D suit. It's the best suit, man. It looks so amazing. Like it's <laughs> it's just fantastic. That's Watching awesome. it, ha- like for cutscenes, maybe it, you'll want to switch like, back. Uh, is it like Spider Pig? Uh, yeah. Basically, like you just look like a flat, <laughs> a flat Spider Man. That's on amazing. Three D world. That it's is awesome. real funny. Um, and it's amazing. Like I feel like it's a technical feat. The shaders that they had yeah, to like do like to make it work. Um, so yeah, it's it's fantastic. That's amazing. Well, Chris, we're gonna talk about Dark Phoenix. We are. But we've got some news. The news. The news. The news, John. Uh, all right, so we're gonna start with some Destiny news. So basically, I'm not. I was trying to find the blog. I don't know if you can find it, but um, basically, what they've done. <laughs> uh, if you, let's recap, Bungie and Activision parted ways. Earlier this year, that's right. And Bungie, in the meantime, has been has been uh, finishing up the latest uh, content drop from that time with Activision. And now that it's finishing, they needed to lay the groundwork for what will Destiny be moving forward. Mm-hmm. So here we go. Um, the base game and first year's worth of content of Destiny is going to become free to play and each subsequent content pack can be purchased a la carte. You do not need, like they're going to start this new one called uh, Destiny New Light, Destiny 2 New Light. Yep. And that's going to be like the the new um, content uh, moving forward. You can totally play that without playing things like Forsaken. Like in the past, you know, the way it's worked is if you don't have the previous uh, DLC, you need it in order to play the rest of it. Um, and you don't anymore. Uh, I don't know what that means necessarily. And I don't think, I don't know if they've outlined, I haven't watched the stream. Like what that means for like your light yeah. and level. Like how do you compare, you know, between what, how does that even work, you mm-hmm. know? Um, I don't know. Me but, neither. Or uh, gear drops, um, like what that means, the RPG elements of it. The cool thing is it's going to be cross-save, cross, 
progression across platforms. That one blows my mind a it little bit. It does too. Did you see that um, uh, Jason Schreier reported at the last second, like basically yesterday? Yeah. Was whenever, like it was still up in the air whether or not Sony was going to participate. Right. Why? Because they're jerks. Yep. Well, and then he said today that uh, apparently overnight, like in the late evening last night, Bungie or Sony set up a meeting with Bungie and they hashed out all the details of it being cross save uh, on and cross play on yeah. uh, PS4. I mean, someone over there probably realized, hey, we're going to have a real big PR nightmare on our hands yeah. if we don't do this. Why don't we go, t- go tell Sean that because he always talks to Jason Schreier, you yeah. know? And then he goes, well, and the, there was a rumor that Bungie leaked the fact yeah. that they were, uh, uh, they were the only holdout in order mm-hmm. to kind of force Sony's hand. Yeah. But it would have gotten out anyway. Yeah, it would have gotten out. We would have all been like, what's up with this, bro? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, and obviously, like, Sony wants to avoid the bad PR that that would entail. Yeah. Uh, yeah, um, 100%. Because they, of the, the whole Fortnite thing last year. Right. With E3. <laughs> uh, oh, man. That was the worst. Um, yeah. So uh, where, where was I? Oh, so, so it's cross-save, cross-progression. We do not, how, do not know... Uh, if you will have to purchase content on each platform in order to play yeah. it across platforms, I feel like you will. I feel like that's like it. It will be annoying because I think about cross progression the way that works in like Fortnite and Rocket League and a lot of other games that do cross progression right now, but that you buy the battle pass on one account and I chip off away at that battle pass on all my accounts and unlocks everything on all of my accounts. So if I pick up my switch, but I bought the battle pass on my Xbox, I still have access to all of that content on my switch. Same with, you know, now PS4 and PC and phone. Um, whereas this, I'm not so sure because it's a big content drop. Um, it's like DLC essentially almost. Um, and so I just don't know, man, if it's going to be on your Bungie account, it unlocks it globally. Like where am I, you know, do I unlock the season pass on both my PS4 and my Xbox because it's my Bungie account that it's unlocking it on? Or do I need that content on both consoles? Like make that purchase. I'm not saying that I wouldn't do that. And maybe that's why that you know, why the reason that they would, uh, lock it away like that where it's like, Oh, well we can get the same, like, John will buy this twice. Let's do it that way. Um, you know, that's. It's, I hope that it's not that way, though. Yeah. Because again, cross progression to me, like at first blush, like I was like, oh, this is great. I'll just buy it once. Have be able to play with my PS4 friends. Be able to pay, play with my Xbox friends. Yeah. But I don't know. I I could see it going either way. Yeah. If this were at, if this were Activision. It would definitely be you have to buy it twice. 100% you have to buy it twice. Uh, but I, I don't know what Bungie will do. The other news along with this, speaking of the Activision thing, is that they mentioned that there's not going to be any more um, content locked away behind an exclusivity wall uh, for a time period totally. with, with PS4. Yeah. So that was definitely an Activision thing, like, and that's a deal that they make with Call of Duty. Um, Activision makes with Call of Duty every year. Well, um, theirs is only a month exclusivity, right. uh, not a whole year. Right. And honestly, I think this upcoming Call of Duty is only a week. Wow. Exclusivity window on, wild, on PlayStation. <laughs> it's a different world, man. It is a different world. Different world. But uh, but yeah, the Destiny stuff was a year. And I so know. That, well, and that was, that was the most, like, uh, other than the things like, you know, um, uh, Rise of the Tomb Raider. Yeah. Like, you know, that was a whole game that Microsoft poured some money into. Mm-hmm. And so they had a year exclusivity on that. Mm-hmm. Like, I totally understand that. Mm-hmm. It was the, the fact that, 
we'd never seen literally content locked away for a year mm-hmm. in a game like that. You know, there's like, still content in Destiny One, despite however many time, like how much time I put into that. There's still content that I never saw because it unlocked after Destiny Two came out. Yeah, which is a shame. <laughs> um, oh man! So I'm glad that era is over. Agreed. Uh, yeah. So uh, we'll see. Like, what's what's interesting? A lot of people are are are, are reporting this is like they've moved to away from uh, the first-person shooter to action our, uh, MMO. And I'm like, they've they've always had those kind of elements, and I don't know what you're actually like, why you're defining it that way. It's the core, because it makes it sound like the core gameplay has changed. Yeah. When it has not. Yeah. It's still it's still the first-person shooter. Uh, what do we used to call it? Shared shared world shooter? That's what it was. Yeah, shared world shooter. Which is still what it is. Yeah. It just has a free-to-play component to it, and you can right. basically... Uh, uh, you can purchase the content drops in a different way. Well, so I also think about this, like the genre of a game doesn't change just because the way you pay for it does. Agreed. You know, it's yes. <laughs> there's like, mm, it's still a well, that's, shooter. That, that's the thing. I start seeing these, uh, these articles and I'm like, what, are they, are they completely changing? No. Yeah. Is this a different game? Is this a different game? Is no, the it's changing? the same game. No. Same gameplay. <laughs> doesn't so, make anyway. any sense. Um, also, Google announced the Google Stadia details. Right. Yeah. Um, Good segue here. Destiny 2 is going to be on it. Destiny 2 will be on it. Uh, there's a, they have a list of partners and it's, you know, the usual suspects, Activision, EA, Ubisoft, um, you know, Sega, like, you know, you have a lot of, a lot of different games on there. I don't need to go through the list. You can, you can look that up. I think the interesting thing is the, the date, release date, this is, um, Dropping in November. Did we get an actual release date in November? Uh, no, it's just the window. Like it's basically that month. Um, it will. Let's see if you can you, see if you can pull up some uh, information while I'm um, absolutely doing this. Uh, so it's going to drop in November. The only way to play in 2019 is if you purchase the Google Stadia Founders Pack, and that comes with uh, comes with. A, I got it. Oh. A limited edition night blue controller. There we go. Comcast Ultra, which normally retails for seventy dollars. You mean Chromecast? Yeah, uh, sorry, not Comcast. Chromecast, <laughs> two different things. Uh, a three-month Stadia Pro subscription, which mm-hmm. we can talk about that in a second. Mm-hmm. Um, and the f- they put a bullet point down for the first chance to claim your Stadia name. Yep. yep. And then the last thing is a uh, three-month Buddy Pass to give Stadia Pro to a friend. And how much is all that? Like so all of that is one twenty nine ninety nine. Yeah, so that's. I mean, I, that's I feel good. like that's reasonable. I mean, you figure that seventy dollars of that is already taken up by the Chromecast Ultra, and you figure the controller. Uh, I think retails trying to figure seventy out how much bucks. I think. Yeah, so it's you're saving money to buy them together, basically. Yeah. Um, okay, so the, the way that it works free. is, yeah, the only way to play is if you buy that Founders Pack, and in November. In November next year, there will be a. So this is for the the chance to play via the Pro version. Mm-hmm. Uh, of Google Stadia, which uh, whenever it like after your trial, your first three months are are combined in that hundred and twenty nine dollar pack or whatever, uh, it's nine ninety nine per month. The pro membership is, and it includes up to four K sixty frames per second HDR five point one surround sound capabilities. Yeah, which is a pretty huge, um, and uh, yeah, so it offers that as your subscription base uh, yeah. for the service. Um, 
in 2020 also the they're going to introduce after sometime after they do the pro thing they're going to have google stadia base is what they call it yep and that is actually free yep and it's up to uh 1080p 60 frames per second with stereo sound and uh you have to buy all of your games a la carte basically right if you subscribe to the pro level there will be games that are already available to you so kind of like a games library, like Xbox Games Pass is what it sounds like. Right. And they're going to give you some free games every single... Oh, they didn't say every single one. At they a re- said, regular cadence. Yeah, regular, whatever. Quote, unquote, regular cadence. Um, the cool thing here, I think, is uh, that there will be a base free level. Yeah. It's going to be weird, though. Like, if I'm buying games, why do I need this subscription other than to stream 4k footage to my like the only the only screen that i will be that that will matter on is my television correct uh because it's the only hdr you know screen and obviously the surround sound doesn't necessarily and except matter. for this i mean this is me but except for exclusives mm-hmm. like those are probably the only ones that would say do have some studios that are going to make some exclusives yeah those are the only games that i will need to stream to my television correct with this i mean i also think about like this is it's a very interesting proposition because if you don't have another console like if i don't have an xbox it's like okay ten dollars a month to have access or to be able to buy uh, a 60 dollars game it's like well that's 70 dollars and i have the game in 4k quality or whatever on my tv but i don't know man like it's it's, it's just an interesting like this will be an interesting proposition for consumers and it's like yeah. who is going to grab onto this what what type of consumer is this going to right grab onto? I'm, gonna, I'm gonna pick it up because i like new tech yeah it's only 130 bucks yeah might as well I think that uh, that's a lot of the the initial customer yeah. base that they're gonna have is exactly that chris yeah i mean and if this is good on the go you know like i could see myself you know uh playing this uh outside of the home more than inside my house right unless the exclusives are just mind-blowing yeah which i mean they they only just recently announced like that they've been you know grabbing it only for the last few years we've only heard rumors about them grabbing onto developers so it's i don't know how many of these are going to be like what the quality is going to be and then how soon are we going to start seeing these exclusives um so yeah like i'm really interested i think the other thing was they recommend you have at least I think thirty gigabyte or not not gigabytes megabytes download in order to do four K streaming is what what they what they want. Right. So, so like, you gotta have a fast internet connection, ish. Fast ish. Yeah. I mean, I would be. I'm gonna be amazed if they can do four K streaming without lag at thirty frames or thirty frames, thirty megabytes per second download. Yeah. Like that seems insane to me. It seems like magic. If it works, it's magic. <laughs> because it does not sound like that's enough bandwidth to actually work Mm-mm. i mean and you're you're talking about you know 4k probably a, you know it's obviously compressed like it's going to be compressed in order to get there like to and from you know to communicate to the server and back it's going to totally. be compressed in some way so yeah. what type of 4k quality are we looking at because like you know whenever yeah. youtube tells me 4k sometimes i look at that thing and i'm like it's awfully blurry for 4k you know that sort of thing so i mean how are you watching 4k though i mean on my my big screen uh, my, you mean, well, that's not that's not that's 4K. Not 4K that's, uh, it's higher than 1080 though. Anyway. Yeah, yeah, that's like 2K. But it'll like tell that me that it's up. yeah, it's, it'll tell me that it's like running at 4K or it'll tell me oh I'm buffering it whatever this is. Yeah. And I was like no that doesn't look good. So. I mean, I, guess, I think that's probably because you're on that. That's smaller. probably true. You're it's, probably right. 
It looks it looks wrong because it's not actually 4K. That's right. Too much, too many pixels, Chris. Yeah, too many pixels coming. Too many pixels coming in, coming in through that, totally. that port. It's uh, like whenever you attach your, you know, you put your, you try to shrink water out of a fire hose. What is our we uh, Pokemon? Yes, they had a Pokemon Direct this week. That's right, and they talked about their new Pokemon. It was very odd to separate that out from the Nintendo Direct, but I'm glad they did. Because there's like this was 15 minutes that doesn't have to now be on the Nintendo Direct. So people who don't care about uh, about the Pokemon game coming up, it's like, well, you don't have to. I imagine they'll still have a small feature, but uh, but it'll be like, oh, just check this out. It's coming out this fall. Um, some new information that was released in this: um, the return of gyms. They got rid of gyms in uh, the last iteration of Pokemon, it's the Sun and Moon iteration, and they oh, did really? something I didn't else. realize that. Yeah, they did. Uh, they did like these other challenges that you would go into. And there were um, gyms in uh, Let's Go Pikachu or Let's Go um, Eevee. There definitely there? definitely were in that one because oh, um, okay. that was basically a remake of the first game of okay. uh, Blue and Red. Okay. Um, but then in this game, so they're bringing that back. Uh, they the the new information, like new big new features, are like some semi open world at ish areas called wild areas in between the larger towns, which I think is really very cool. Um, a step in a, a newer direction for this Pokemon, which is cool for well, it looks on like the it looks like Breath of the Wild kind of footage. Yeah, like you had like some big big spots, like we're like oh you can see the Pokemon roaming around out there, similar to uh, Let's Go Pikachu and Let's Go eevee which was really nice that was one of the things that i worried about going into this game was like it's so nice to be able to look over there and be like there's a pokemon right there i'm gonna yeah. go for him rather than random battles where right. like you, you just an invisible pokemon jumped out at you or whatever yeah. um so you'll see a pokemon over there be able to go and and go and get it um and then the other thing about those uh wild areas i think you'll encounter other players in them as well uh randomly as we'll be able to see them kind of roaming around sometimes um other trainers that sort of thing at the end of the game the only true multiplayer aside from competitive uh battles um multiplayer where you team up they've introduced a raid uh, similar to Pokemon Go, mm. where multiple trainers can go after and, hey, I'm going to try to capture this particular you know big legendary Pokemon. Um, and so they can team up, and uh, up to four people can team up to go up against this, uh, this uber Pokemon, and uh, you all will try to capture them. And I think that's a really cool to, to bring that into the game. They've never really done anything like that before. Um, people have wanted them to do, oh, the, the Pokemon MMO or something like that in the past. And while this definitely isn't that, it seems like they're taking steps to be like, oh, this isn't that, but this is kind of closer to it. Or this is cool. You know, this is also cool. Big open world areas. Do you Some all team up stuff the, the, uh, the Pokemon? I believe so. Um, it would be it would be odd if you didn't. I know in Pokemon Go, what happens is you oh we all battle against this thing and then you all have a chance. Everybody has like a there's a, a percentage chance that you can all catch the uh, the legendary that you battled against. Um, so some people will catch it, some people won't. Some people will cry, some people will cheer. It all it all happens there. the uh, The other thing is they they talked about a Dynamax, which is it's just another way of saying a uh, 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 ultra evolution of a pokemon like that that they introduced that a few games ago it's basically the same thing except rather than being an ultra version of the pokemon they get gigantic like mm. they get real big interesting and uh so a real big pokemon and then you can battle for the rest or for a couple of moves with that real big pokemon and then that's it. So um, I'm very excited for these games, man. I'm excited for because like the visuals that I keep seeing from this, like the screenshots and stuff, they're gorgeous. Yeah, I mean, it looks, it, it does. It looks exactly like a Breath of the Wild. Yeah. 
style game which is awesome like yeah, that's that totally that's exactly what i've been wanting from this uh where it's like man just you know, a pokemon game with some amazing visuals and just a bigger scope yeah and so that seems like what what we're we're gonna get so i'm very excited to pick it up in november yeah same day as uh death stranding wow those are <laughs> two completely different games well, maybe it's like the, the week after so it's very close to death stranding and it's also very close to uh the uh star wars game the jedi fallen order that's nice which we got some uh Got the, got the box art for this week. Yeah. Uh, okay, cool. So the last piece I have is that there's been uh, – this, and there could be more, but uh, that I'm just not remembering. There's a leak this week or end of last week, Watch Dogs Legion um, from Ubisoft. I thought this year was the year, man. I thought this was the year that Ubisoft, Ubisoft wouldn't leak was going to get away without having a leak out there. <laughs> I know. Um, and, uh, it looks, it sounds pretty cool because the, uh, word on the street is that you will be able to switch between any, any NPC character in the entire game. I don't know how that's going to, like, it blows my mind, Chris. I know that sounds insane. That's like the, the, the algorithms and even, even if it's like, oh, there's certain archetypes or so there's like. 2430 like archetypes of like a character and different voices or like whatever like even if it's that like that the programming and level of detail involved to be able to like determine this personality this voice this thing like oh my gosh yeah that sounds from a technical standpoint very cool totally hopefully we'll get more info for that game i guess it's next week at this point it's it's literally on monday yeah man it's crazy the last piece of news, some sad news, John. GameStop, well, I'm just going to read the article from Bloomberg. This yes. Is from Ryan Vlastelica from Bloomberg. GameStop burns to the ground and analysts fear no rebound. So it, to clarify, Bloomberg, you know, the, the, they're not saying that a GameStop has burned no. to the ground physically. They, they don't report on fires. They report on stock. Yes. So they're talking about their stock. Here's the article. GameStop Corporation shares plummeted the most to on record to their lowest since 2003 after the video game retailer reported first quarter revenue that missed expectations and halted its dividends, the latest red flag for a stock that has already cratered in 2019. More than just a bad print, analysts seem to view the results as the worst kind of warning sign. Jeff, who is Jeffries? Jeffrey, oh, that's the company. Jeffries wrote the company's legacy retail model was, quote, increasingly at odds, end quote, with how the gaming industry had evolved toward an online and digital focus, and that it, quote, faces the need for a dramatic pivot, wholesale changes, and aggressive action to remain relevant, end quote. Hmm. The stock dropped as much as 36% in its biggest one-day percentage loss since there's a giant ad that just popped up. Look at this. It's a 360 ad. What? Can you uh, even how do I, can you even get rid of there it? There we go. Okay. Dropped as much as 36% in its biggest one-day percentage loss since its listing in 2002, according to Bloomberg data. The stock has lost more than two-thirds of its value since a peak earlier this year. Which the peak is not like it's not like they hit an all-time high. Like the the That's last just the time, highest it's been highest is, in it's, however long the in period about a year, is. Yeah. yeah. Here's what analysts are saying, all the results, blah, blah, blah. So they're basically just saying, you know. Outlook is grim. Doom and gloom. Yeah, that type of thing. Um, so, yeah, uh, it's a bummer. Like, I, I don't think that they're necessarily in, at a point where they are going to uh, close stores, or hmm. um, I don't think that they're going to probably um, – here, let me read one more quote, though. Uh, the interesting thing was 
Um, one of the quotes from the uh, industry was, quote, the management team was uninspiring and lacked any coherent articulation of a tangible vision on how to transform the business. So, yeah. I mean, that stuff's going to come if they can't make some kind of change. Yeah, I know. Like, so back in 2019, they talked about having lo- record losses in like 2019 as well. Like at the end of the you year. 2018. Tw- uh, 2018. Yeah. Th- th- that year, they also like tried to diversify their business by like buying a bunch of mobile phone carriers, like where they were basically offering like mobile phones in places. And so yeah. then they sold that off in 2019 because it didn't work. Yeah. And so well, the- they, they bought. Think Geek in the in recent memory, you know, right? They, they've started selling a lot more physical items at and stores. Think Geek has actually like the uh, been very profitable, like in the terms of like the different product they sell. The games are down a lot, like as far as like retail games purchases are down a lot. The uh, retail purchases, as far as collectibles go, are way up. And so that's the Think Geek side of things, and that's yeah. the like, hey, we're gonna put Funko Pops like exclusives in GameStop exclusives well, to, and stuff. You have to think so. about like you know uh, recently reported. The fact that PlayStation was pulling their digital codes from GameStop, you can't purchase them at retailers anymore. Right. If you wanted to buy a digital PlayStation game, you can't buy it there. Yeah, uh, which has not been the case in in the past. You could buy a gift card, uh, like a digital gift card there. That then you could buy a right, game but you with, don't get like you don't get the pre order bonuses exactly. and all that kind of stuff. That was the incentive to buy stuff at GameStop at yeah. that point. Um, so that's that's a big hit. Uh, you know, and people's are increasingly turning to digital delivery methods for their games. And you have uh, games like, you know, some of the biggest games in the world. You know, Fortnite is free to play. And yeah, sure, you could sell V-Bucks, but um, why would you buy V-Bucks at GameStop? Mm-hmm. You know? Um, so it, you also have, I think, you know, kind of, you know, is the last kick in the pants with this is. This is the end of a console, quote unquote, console cycle. Yeah, so not a lot of people who are buying a new hardware, like yeah. new PlayStations or no. new Xboxes. Yeah, I mean, you have almost 40 million, I think, um, consoles, uh, PlayStation 4 consoles out in the marketplace. So, I mean, that's it's a lot. It's like, um, where, where is the saturation point then? Yeah, like, I mean, you it's know. nowhere near like the 120 million worldwide that PlayStation 2 sold. But it's like, it, I mean, that's, that's so many consoles. Mm-hmm. Um, and same thing with the uh, Xbox one x like people aren't out there buying that like all the i mean they just released you know a Fortnite bundle and that type of thing but mm. again you know most of the people who wanted one of those consoles has bought one yeah it's frustrating and sad because i really like my like i like my game stops like the game stops yeah, that i've had totally. like you know the good experiences with i i do remember there was one that i had like a weird experience with and they closed that one yeah. and so it's like you know the, the ones that i've had good experiences with that are that i frequent um it's like man i i'm i'm bummed if anything were to happen to them and so i really hope that they don't yeah i hope it kind of they are able to somehow morph the the model uh for over to some other things like i enjoy physical goods but i obviously i don't buy enough physical goods to keep a store in business you know right. <laughs> it's so well, yeah and no one can on their own yeah yeah i mean I, yeah it's, it's a bummer because you know you and i both enjoy um going to a, an actual physical store and browsing i love comic shops for that mm-hmm. reason um i i miss the days of walking through a video rental store and just kind of figure, you know what is there what what could we possibly rent? You know, mm-hmm. we've talked about that multiple times. Um, and then, yeah, this would be kind of a bummer, you know, like 
it, it's a bummer that like increasingly things like this turn to a place like Amazon. It's mm-hmm. like that's great if you know what you want, but just to kind of stumble on things. Yeah. It doesn't really help. Well, and then I also think about there's a lot of things about Amazon that like, okay, well, I want to buy this and get it the day it comes out. And it's like, well, I don't know when they're going to deliver. It could come anytime between now and eight o'clock or at yeah. night in 8 p.m. Yeah. It's like, that's a bummer. Whereas I could have gotten it at midnight at GameStop. So right. a lot of times like that's that's my appeal of GameStop too is like, hey, I, I like the idea that I walk into a store and walk out with a physical thing. Um, whereas with Amazon, it's like, oh, I clicked the link. It'll show up when it shows up. Um, even with prime, it'll show up in two days or, or the like. So it's, yeah, it's a, uh, it's an unfortunate situation that the GameStop is in right now. Hopefully they can figure out a way out of it. Um, and continue from there. Yeah. That's the news. X-Men Dark Phoenix. Dark Phoenix. Which until recently, I'm pretty sure that this was just called Dark Phoenix, right? Correct. Yeah. Correct. Um, they added I, the X-Men, it seems like, because people didn't know what Dark Phoenix really was. Because I remember seeing it on a bunch of lists and being uh-huh. like, oh, Dark Phoenix. Is that, you know, the X-Men Dark Phoenix or is that a different movie, Dark well, Phoenix? I also feel like, you know, this is kind of the end cap on this version of the X-Men. So uh, they needed to make it an X-Men movie. Right. Um, and it definitely is an X-Men movie. Like yeah. it, it definitely totally. is is that end cap that um, that I was looking for, you know? Yeah, yeah um, totally. So yeah, yeah. Uh, we'll we'll uh, spoil the heck out of this in a minute, but um, uh, for, like right off the bat, like let's just talk about some of the standout things with this movie. Um, the visuals were amazing. Um, I honestly want to go see this again in IMAX. Yes. Uh, because I think there were some just like really cool. Not not only. Uh, for the larger screen real estate, but also for for IMAX 3D, right? Like just some of the, some of the cool like visuals. I feel like are gonna be really good in IMAX 3D in a 3D environment. Yeah, and I think like yeah, the extra screen. I don't say that often. Screen real estate, but also like there were a couple of points where I, I noticed some like framing things where I was yeah. like, ooh, that would be gorgeous in IMAX. Like yeah. if it had an IMAX frame kind of square on it. Yeah, and it's like, oh man, it looked gorgeous as is. Like there was nothing in there that was necessarily like. Um, like I didn't feel like I was watching a uh, a lesser movie by any right. means, but I did think, man, what could this be like in an IMAX? Yeah. And uh, and so like that's that's another one of those things. The other second reason that that like I wanted to watch it or want to watch it again in IMAX is the music. Totally. Like the music in this movie. Like I haven't. There hasn't been a superhero movie with as strikingly great music as this mm-hmm. since probably like time frames is like what came out when but like right. the dark knight trilogy for sure uh-huh. uh man of steel man of steel and then um is some of the stuff like the wonder woman theme and things like that in yeah batman versus superman but a lot of that stuff was like borrowed from previous movies and, and aside from the new music portions yeah. of uh of batman versus superman it was fairly standard agreed yeah i think that um i think that this is and, and, and this is Hans zimmer again right is the thing which is which was what's, what <laughs> the funny thing was like immediately within like the first couple of minutes uh-huh. of this movie starting i was already like getting chills i was already just sitting there being like i don't this movie could end up being terrible this yeah. movie could be worse than x-men apocalypse yeah and i would still probably 
pay to see it again. Like I would, I would go see <laughs> it again for that music. <laughs> um, and it kept up continuously, like throughout the entire thing, there were like yeah. numerous moments where I was just like, man, the music is just like hyping this and just continuously like raising the stakes, making it more Im- emotional, more, uh, intense. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Agreed. Zimmer. This is, a, this is another one of those big ones where I'm like, man, dude, this is going, this better go in like, uh, he's a madman in your live show. You oh, know, totally. this, this one is amazing. And next time he's in town, we'll actually go see him. <sighs> yeah, no, right. Um, so yeah, the music was great. Um, I thought that, uh, I mean, this obviously has a ton of great actors and actresses in it. Um, I thought it was well acted. I don't think this yeah. is anyone's standout performance. No one's going to win an Oscar for this. Yeah. Uh, but like it's <laughs> on, on, on their worst day, you mm-hmm. know, someone like Michael Fassbender is still one of the best actors, uh, on the planet. Agreed. So, well, I mean, and then uh, the, so interesting... James McAvoy, right. You know, same thing with Jennifer Lawrence, same thing with Sophie Turner. Yeah. Like they can just, exist and they are better actors than most people in Hollywood. Right. Well, and the emotional weight that, that this movie has and you know, it's like, honestly, like X-Men Apocalypse had like great performances in it, but it's also, it's, but you can only do so much with, you know, what you're given. Whereas this, they were given so much more of emotional arcs. Like there was so much more going on. Like each person kind of got their own, um, emotional and and story development throughout the course of the movie. And so like, it was well delivered in that sense too, where it's like, okay, we well, have something to work with this time around. And so they can hit it, you yeah. know, hit those, hit those big well, moments. And that's the thing um, that I, I do want to call out, like going into this movie, I was fully prepared for an X-Men apocalypse scenario. Yeah. And maybe that's why I enjoyed it so much. Cause my expectations are so low. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, like that's that was my mindset going into this. Honestly, like I, I I had a lot of hope for it because it looked so good in some of the trailers. Yeah. Like some of the trailers made this like I was like, oh man, this looks well, like the visuals look great. Yeah. And um on the visual front, like it was it was there were there were some unique things and set pieces that they had in this movie yeah. that I really enjoyed. I enjoyed how unique they were to yeah. not only X-Men, but just the genre in general, the superhero yeah. action movie genre in general. Yeah. Um, as well as like some moments like they, they kind of, uh, they, t- play off of other genres and things where it's like, Oh, let me do, let's do something that harkens back to, to some other, you know, horror movie or like whatever. So, yeah. Um, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, totally like this, this was, um, it tonally, was probably the darkest mm-hmm. uh, X Men movie. I mean, it's been a long time, you know, since I've watched X Two or uh, Last Stand. Mm-hmm. Last Stand was still to me though one of the most terrible movies I've ever seen in my life. And um, it, this was it, it was basically trying to tell the same kind of the same story. Mm-hmm. And I haven't read the comic arc, so like. I'll lay that out there. Yeah, you know? so you don't know how true it is. I don't to know the how comic true arc. it is the comics. Yeah, but even comparing it to X Men: The Last Stand, I feel like this did more emotionally mm-hmm. than Last Stand did because it was more focused. Yeah, we'll go into that a little bit more in the spoiler section. Yeah, there's a lot in the spoiler section where I'm like, ooh, I want to like call out a couple of specific things um, currently, but. 
can't because no spoilers. <laughs> um, which we will do a, sp- a spoiler countdown. I don't know if we said that off the Hashtag bat. But no spoilers. No spoilers for the first bit. We'll do spoiler countdown as the yeah. uh, per the huge. But I think that there's a lot of things that, and we'll talk about later, that um, Simon Kinberg, who wrote and directed this, who also wrote and wrote the screenplay for Apocalypse, mm-hmm. I think that he corrected a lot of uh, criticisms of that movie yeah. and problems that. I had with that movie oh, yeah. specifically yeah. with this one. Yeah, and I think uh, the the concept between the two, like, is, is this one also is is more just unique and appealing from a core level, like where you know whether it's the the antagonist or the pro, you know, and how that relates to some of the protagonists in here. It's it's just yeah. more interesting than what Apocalypse ever was. Yeah. Um. So. Yeah, I mean, you, you kind of have to. You know, and with all every X Men movie, like you kind of have to throw some things like at the window. Be like, well, why in the world do they still allow? You know, like I don't. I, you know, why? Why is there this back and forth constantly? Like, okay, we're cool with mutants. Okay, no, now we hate them. Now we're cool with them again. No, now we hate them. And it's just like this back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Um, that you know, things like that, you kind of just have to like come to terms with. Yeah, I mean, there's like the, I think that's all kind of falls under the hat of continuity stuff for me, like where yeah. it's like the continuity of whatever, like the first class, like from the yeah. moment we like hit first class, it's like we took the the whatever the book was and threw it out the window, well, and even, then they tried to like wrap it all back around with like Days of Future Past, didn't work. Like there's so many like that was just got more confusing. Oh yeah, I mean yeah, the t- the time, <laughs> oh man. Yeah, if you're if we're talking about timeline, the timeline of the X Men movies, yeah. not not only this version of them, but the like it's their connection to the old movies, mm-hmm. uh, is as confusing as the Terminator timeline, as confusing yep. as Back to the Future timeline, yep. like. Well, and then yeah, and then you pull in a lot of the like, oh, where's Logan fit? And oh it's gosh, like, and you just yeah. get get more and more muddled in this whole thing, um, and so. That's where, like, even this timeline within itself, like, for this to, to, like, first class or whatever, there's certain things, like you said, like, with, like, the political, like, situation of the world. Yeah. It's just, like, there's this, it's just, it's confusing, and it's, yeah, you just kind of have to, like, go, okay, this movie in and of itself, how does it stand up? Exactly. This movie in and of itself, how does it stand up? Yeah. You know, and the characters are really the only thing that carry over. And, you know, like, and I'm just going to say it, I know it's getting, you know, trashed in the you know, entertainment press, but I loved this movie. I thought it was fantastic. This movie? Yes. This movie's getting trashed? Yeah, oh, yeah. Really? It's got like a 28% on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, you gotta be kidding me, Chris. No. This it's, movie's real good. Yeah, so, uh, you know, stay on target. We're taking a stand, a last stand, if you will. That's right. An X-Men last stand. That's right. And we're... <laughs> Man, I, and we're saying that this movie was great. I haven't looked it. at literally anything about this movie, like new reviews or anything like that. So I have no idea what anyone else thinks of it. But I thoroughly enjoyed this movie. Only because the I, entire way through. I mean, honestly, listen. This is why I look. I mean, only because I had super low expectations for it anyway. I'm like, I can't. This can't. My expectations can't get lower. So I might as well just look and see what this thing's <laughs> you know like getting on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. Uh, so anyway. I, that blows yeah. my mind, Chris. I know. Having just seen that movie, it's uh-huh. like, did we watch the same movie? No, apparently not. Um, and low. this is not a situation like, you know, uh, Suicide Squad, where like I, oh, yeah. I came out of Suicide Squad being like, I mean, I enjoyed elements of it, but it's not a good movie. Yeah. You know? no. But then like, so it like deserved, you know, most of the like thrashing that it got. So let's but get, this let's, movie, 
No way. Let's get into the spoiler section so I can make my case. That's right. That's right. All right. So do you say go see this movie? <laughs> Definitely Chris? go see this movie. Me too. Yeah, you're not throwing away your money. That's at all. right. Two thumbs up. Like I, what I'm, if we were trolling like, everyone. Literally, <laughs> dude, that'd be a, a pretty, pretty mean troll. Um, but well, I stay on target, guys. So this I, is pretty great. So I'm going to go. Well, I mean, and obviously, like you know, our our, our experience, everybody's totally. unique. Well, it's all and opinion, that's the thing. Chris. It's you subjective. Listen, that's the thing. You listen to the show. You know, kind of know what you're getting. If you agree with us most of the time, then you're going to like this movie. If you disagree with us most of the time, you're not going to like this movie. I mean, I, so, I yeah. You know, I don't have any caveats for this one. I, it's not no. like this is a disaster movie. Well, it's not like, it's, it's, you know, like a fans of the pleasure. genre. You know, it's like, right. obviously, like, you know, my thing is, I, even if you have hated the other X-Men movies, yeah. right? You will enjoy this Did movie. Did we tell people to go see Apocalypse? I, f- I feel like we may have yeah. if you really wanted to, but like Maybe. with a lot of qualifications. Yeah, with, there's a lot. I feel like whenever we give the qualifiers. see it, don't see it, there's a lot of qualifiers a lot of times. Yeah. And then, you I have know, no qualifiers on this There one. are no qualifiers. This is a good movie. Yeah. Go see this movie. Go see this movie. All right. Yeah. Spoilers. So we're going to spoil this thing. I mean, is there anything else to talk about? I don't, I don't think so. I mean, about. it checks all the boxes. Yeah. It was really, really pretty. It yeah. has good, it, like, good acting, amazing music. Yep. Good story, and really good story. Yep, and, and I'll and I'll talk about that in a second. Uh, we're gonna spoil this thing, Chris. All right. In five, four, three, two, one. Throw out a spoiler. Uh, Magneto and Doctor Xavier end up in Paris in much the same way that Batman and. Uh, and Alfred do in the end of Dark Knight Rises. Dude, that's a good point. That's a really same universe confirmed. 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 All superheroes retire in Paris. <laughs> it's just Paris is just filled with like older superheroes. All, yeah, all these retired superheroes. I love it. That's <laughs> ridiculous. Oh um, man. Yeah. Okay. So let's just. So I think what I want to dive into first is. Yeah. What I loved about this movie was that it took. Uh, it it turned, I feel like this franchise on its head from what they tried to do with Apocalypse. Yeah, where there was this huge, you know, world altering, yeah. threatening uh, villain. Yeah, and turned it on its head and said we're gonna we're going to tell a a more focused story. And I think mm-hmm. that was largely the problem that I had, like one of the problems out of many that I had with X Men: The Last Stand is that mm-hmm. it just tries to be this this thing that mm-hmm. you know this huge thing that it's not. And it shouldn't be. Right. Um, and I don't, again, I haven't read the comic series, so I don't know what that, the scope of it is. I'm sure it's wild and crazy and huge. I mean, honestly, if you, if you look at, if you look at what the actual stakes were, if, if the villain had succeeded in this and taking her powers and then just, they would have destroyed the world. Totally. So it's like, it the was there. still real high. It was there. You just don't have like, you don't, you're not trying to like make this visual spectacle for, right. it for it, no reason. It never feels like the, like it, it feels like a very personal story still. Yeah. And that's the way that in my mind, like you, you have to make those personal stakes instead of doing the uh, Age of Ultron thing where it's like, oh, let's just make this about the end of the world and, you know, have everybody team up, right? Like that's, and that's what Last Stand felt like. That's what a lot of like the, like big superhero movies tend to end up feeling like because you just like shoehorn the whole oh, and the whole world is going to well, end at the end of it. What's funny is I, I honestly, I, I'm so, I was surprised that this movie got made because I thought that that's what Apocalypse was. Yeah. You know, like, you're bringing in everyone's teaming up to save the world. Yeah. And uh, it just didn't work on multiple levels. And part, part of it was because it was so huge and uh, the, the villain largely like, I mean, 
sure that you could see that they were destroying the world, but like you don't, didn't care. The funny, um, funny thing is, like you knew more about the backstory of that villain than yeah. this villain, but this villain feels more relatable. Right. I love. <laughs> Uh, exactly. Well, yeah, the villain is 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 more relatable. Like where you're like, oh, your your planet got destroyed. You want to make another planet? Fine. Like I understand that, right. but you're twisted and you're going to kill everybody. That's I'm not okay well, with that's that. Part you of know? the reason I like this one is because we didn't our th- the threat wasn't some just rogue mutant this time. Yeah, and I know that's what Jean was. Right, she's a rogue mutant. Um, and but at the end of the day, she's not the threat. Right. She, I mean, she is, but she's not the ultimate threat. Right. And, um, you know, in the past, it's always been, oh, Magneto, he's going to destroy, you know, he's going to destroy everything we've built. And, like, we just kind of destroyed everything we built, you know, in one, like, kind of, like, sequence here. Yeah. And it wasn't a big deal because it's like, okay, let's not dwell on the same crap anymore. Yeah. Um, well, and it was there in the background. Like, you heard, like, some news stories or, like, things like that. Like, it was there. Yeah. But also, like, it was there for a purpose. It was there to... Uh, tell uh, Xavier that he was wrong. Yes. To to tell Charles that, hey, I really screwed this one up and I've been screwing this up for a long time. Like in this this one, um, we didn't address anything with Quicksilver or like uh, the fact that like Quicksilver's dad is Magneto and Charles knows that. Right. And at the end of Apocalypse is like, somebody asked him, are you going to tell him? And he's like, I don't know. Clearly he didn't tell him. Right. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and I don't think I don't think we needed to. Like again, no. what I liked about this no, is no. this is a focused story, and we're yeah. and, and this is and uh, focused on Gene, right? And um, and I like the way that they walked this kind of muddy gray middle ground mm-hmm. that I feel like X Men have always walked. Yep. Um, but without it feeling like they were condemning. Xavier or even Magneto right. in the same way that they have in previous movies. Right. And I think like that's like the fact that it's all tied together around Gene and around that plot line where it's like Charles has major character development from the beginning of this movie, which again, like is if you look at the end of Apocalypse, it was like, oh well, he's still lying to the people and still like manipulating people to keep them around or for for what he sees as their best good. You know, oh, I'm doing this, you know, for your good or because I love you or whatever. Um, and then he at the around to the end of this movie or like around the 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 pinnacle of this movie where he's like, I was wrong. Yeah. And, you know, they wrap that whole storyline in there around Gene. And they also wrap, like, Magneto's, like, kind of arc around Gene. And they wrap the Beast's uh, arc around Gene. And so, like, all of this stuff is, yeah. like, it plays together so well right. that it just, it just works. Well, and, and I like the I, I, I like the idea that um, Xavier, at least by the end, seems to realize, well, number one... Uh, I need to stop. I need to. I need to stop like fooling with all this. Mm-hmm. Um, and kind of takes himself out of the equation. You yeah, know, he's not running the school anymore. It's not Xavier's school. Yep. it's the Jean Grey school. And I think that conversation there at the end. I think it was really cool. Not only. I mean, they've always been friends. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think there's another level to the friendship between Magneto and Xavier at the end in that end scene. Yeah, in that. Xavier realizes they are more alike than he probably previously thought um, in that he always felt like 
everything he was doing was for this greater good mm-hmm. and it was ultimately the best decision mm-hmm. and the things that Magneto, but like he, I think he's realizing they're, they're seems they're different sides of the same coin. Yeah. You know, that, and grant, I'm not, and I'm not even saying like that, um, he fully, he agrees. They're not going to agree on certain things, right? but they have both affected other people mm-hmm. in negative ways and positive ways, mm-hmm. like Magneto's built like a a, a, a a kind of an oasis for mutants in yep. his own way, in the same way Xavier built a school for mutants right. in his own way, and they approached it from different ways. But there there were good parts of them and bad parts of them, and good uh, effects of their approaches and bad effects. Yeah. So like, well, and then they're look- they're like they're, they're like we're the same. Yeah. And then Magneto, like whenever you approach him in this one, it's 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 he's effectively given up the revenge, yeah. and then he you know he takes it up again whenever uh, Mystique dies, right? And then he realizes that that was in error as well, totally. Um, and yep. so like at the end, like both of them have this massive change of of heart in in a couple of different ways, yeah. And see the things that they have worked for, whether it be the internal kind of peace with magneto as well as the school and the 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 stability of of you know xavier they both destroyed those things yeah throughout the course of this movie in the middle of this movie they destroyed both of those things and then they're left at the end to pick up those pieces totally um and so like that's it's it's a really fascinating movie from that standpoint and i really enjoyed the ending that this puts on those stories like it's a really solid way to leave those characters um, and then move on to whatever the next thing is. Yeah, I mean, you know, whenever you look at two, I don't necessarily feel like the deaths like impacted me in the same way. You know, um, I can't spoil other things. Yeah, but you know, you know what I mean. Yeah, uh, but, absolutely. But I still think that they were impactful enough to this franchise mm-hmm. that they felt they didn't feel cheap. Yeah, this is what I'm saying. So, yeah, they didn't feel cheap, and they felt earned. Like where it's like, okay, that is. A fitting end, and everybody, end. yeah, everybody acted as they would have acted in the the situation where Mystique died, right? So, like, whenever yeah. Mystique dies, Xavier acted as Xavier would act, where he holds everybody else from doing their thing and and lets her do her thing, and uh, Phoenix ends up like Jean Grey, like up doing her thing, like doing what she w- obviously was going to do. It was building up all this anger and resentment, um, and then mystique did exactly what she so it's like all of these things like the way it worked out it was just like well there it is it's yeah. gonna happen you know yeah. whereas um well and, and but i think yeah. it also is kind of left up in the air like what would happen if if you know xavier had allowed beast to shoot gene yeah you know and, and let's and let's take a step back from even that i just want to insert in here before i forget it whenever they explained what that thing mm-hmm. that power was mm-hmm. i mean honestly gene probably saved the earth when she absorbed it all the first time anyway yeah because apparently it was just going around destroying planets yeah it was literally just like waiting for like something to happen to like oh it's gonna be pushed into the earth and then it's just gonna just chew through everything yeah um <laughs> seemingly as it was attracted to her like as you know it was like oh here's something that we can can't destroy we'll go over here um yeah, like yeah, I don't think they said that's why it was attracted to her, but I think it was attract like it probably was attracted to her because it sensed her power. Yeah, I would say. I mean, she's always been kind of like ultimately she is the most powerful, correct? Uh, yeah. Mutant. Yeah, like so. There's always that, right? Um, 
it's funny the the thought that I had whenever in the immediate reaction to Mystique dying, right? Was that it was it feels like it's relatively early in the movie, right? It felt felt like, oh man, this is about the halfway point of this movie. And my fear was, are we gonna go through half of a movie yes. without Jennifer Lawrence and like oh, yeah. her amazing like performances? Because like she, through the first half of this movie, like she's bringing like so much of the 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 heart and the story, and like she's the the thing that is pointing out, hey Charles, you're you're not really thinking about this right. We've lost sight of this, like or whatever. And then we lose that. But then I was pleasantly surprised yeah. that through the back half of this movie. Every single other character picked up that that emotional, that heart, that uh, soul that the movie has, and just carried it on forward. Yeah, I like. I applaud them uh, for taking chances with this movie in much yeah. the same way. Like I feel like you know Logan took a lot of chances with those characters. That's right. I feel like this movie took a lot of chances with these characters. That's right. Um, and did it pay off? I think so. I do too. Um, you know, like even. I, I mean, I love the fact that Beast is now the, I, I guess, president. I don't know how... how, how Headmaster? The, I don't know. Yeah, whatever the title is of the uh, Jean Grey School for Gifted Children. But, like, just, you know, I love just the the links to which they took these characters. Yeah. Um, and it felt like everything that they did or said meant something. Yeah. Um, I mean, and then I, I think about like Beast and like the way that his story worked out where he has been this kind of like very semi-innocent character throughout the entire thing until now. Like he yeah. turns into this really vengeful, goes and gets Magneto. And he's like, I want you to kill her basically. Yeah. And, and you know, is going after her. that conversation that he has with, with Charles in the kitchen was th- I, that was some amazingness right there too. Cause like he, whenever he hits the bottle away, he's like, I want you to say it. I want you to admit that you did something wrong. Yeah. And he just won't. Yeah. And it's, it's a fascinating look at a very real reaction to yeah a death. Well, and like another thing that I loved about this movie is like, you know, a lot of the, these characters, you know, this is, you know, like now the fourth time that we've seen them. And I feel like the action scenes were, uh, in the past, what we would do is we would just like, like overhype this person's powers. And yeah. Like, well, no, we're gonna really focus on what they can do with mm-hmm. these powers. Whereas this, the this felt just like real raw. Like stuff's happening. and It looks real cool, but we're not like overdoing it. Yeah. And I also like the fact that you know, like with Apocalypse, one of my biggest problems, like you know, this is basically a disaster movie. Mm-hmm. You've got like these huge, like, what were they? Tornadoes going yeah. around the whole like world and destroying, th- or it was like giant. I don't even know, I don't know what it was. I forget. <laughs> it was crazy. Um, <laughs> not a great movie. Not man. a great movie. And, uh, and this, like they, they were so good at like, there was still a threat. Mm-hmm. It still took the whole team. Yeah. And, and Gene saved them in, in, I guess a similar way. Yeah. Um, but it just felt so much better and, uh, it was executed a lot smoother. I mean, you think about like the, the different environments that they had, some of the set pieces that I really enjoyed, like the train with all the, the aliens running on the top of the train. Yeah. Train was so creepy. Like that was such like a, it turned Uh into like almost a zombie thing, you know, there near the end. I mean, yeah. I mean, uh, uh, yeah. I mean, I think we already said that there was aspects of this that I'm like, man, this is 
this is a pretty dark, yeah, dark movie here. And then you know we had the the set piece of the house, like in that small little community. It's like you have all of these different cool places, but they didn't destroy everybody, everything and like right, you know, seemingly kill a bunch of people. Right, they didn't flatten anything. It's just like oh, we we they kept it fairly contained. Yeah. A lot of the the effects also looked practical, which I very much appreciated. Like, yeah, I don't like that was very cool. I don't like, know how many how many were you know even like down, even down to her hair. Oh, like yeah. I was reading uh, an interview with her. I mean, she she was wearing a bald cap through this whole movie. Oh, her yeah, hair, yeah. all of her hair is fake. Well, her hair like is floating like the majority of the time whenever exactly, she's right, Arfinia. right. But the uh, like the house, like whenever she blows out of the house or whatever, like yeah. that looked really good. Um, it looked real good. Who knows if it's real or not? Yeah. Um, but. The uh, there the just the, those set pieces there that being in space like that was really oh, cool man. with the shuttle. Yeah. I mean the, the space thing. I mean it, it reminded me of gravity in in some respects. Yeah. I'm sure that's what they were going for. Yeah. Um. But like it was yeah it was super cool. Like visually this movie was just like super well done. And, and so you pair super great visuals with a great soundtrack, and then like the story. Like I'm, <laughs> this is a a very functional story. Yeah. I'm like uh, the, I, I love this movie. Yeah. You know. It becomes like it's one of those things where I'm like, man, like this is maybe some of the bigger, you know, Thor Ragnarok or like some of the, the the bigger hitting like Marvel movies later that are trying to do something completely different than this. Like even like Endgame trying to do something completely different than this movie. But it's like this becomes like one of the top like one of my top like superhero movies right now. Yeah. You know, I mean, I don't know that I would put, you know, now we're comparing like apples to oranges but right i wouldn't put this on the same tier as in game and i don't even know if i would put this on the same tier as like thor ragnarok no i mean, and, again, I mean those, are the, those are like literally the, those are the two things. my two like, those top, are the two like top two that's right like favorite marvel movies of all time oh, dude, you whenever, know? We, so, like, whenever we ranked all the marvel movies like yeah. before Endgame came out or whatever like thor ragnarok was on top exactly like, I, I feel like it's still hanging on to that top spot for me because that's a perfect movie for me but like the, this movie, it, it's definitely better than like the you know the the Ant Man. Um, I know. Well, that's what we were saying you know, after the, and so we left the theaters. Like you know, apart from things like Ragnarok and yeah. Endgame and Infinity War, like honestly, a lot of the things we've gotten from Marvel in recent memory are thing you know like Ant Man, uh, Spider Man, which was good, but you know, still it's it's Spider Man, Spider Man, yeah, um, uh, Doctor Strange, yeah, um, kind of fairly conventional narratives where it's like oh this is a conventional backstory conventional thing to do and conventional emotional arc with those characters well and i just don't feel like they have the they're not as serious is not the right word because things like batman versus superman were serious <laughs> it's it's like they don't have the this one better than batman versus superman 100 percent uh they don't have the I guess just the weight or the yeah. gravitas yeah. that this movie does. Yeah. Um, it doesn't it doesn't overdo it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's still um it's still just done really well. Yeah. I don't know. I think it comes down to like guts with it for me. Cause like in Doctor Strange, it's like as as gorgeous and as those visuals are and as amazing as that is, and as much as I really like the characters in there, didn't have the guts to do a ton of like different stuff. Well, and maybe like maybe the fact maybe it's the fact that like you know, this one didn't have, you know, the quote unquote Marvel humor in it and it didn't need it. Yeah. Like none of these have. I did. I didn't miss the Marvel humor. No, I mean, I didn't either. Um, but it also didn't, you know, like it wasn't just like this bleak futuristic kind of thing that, you know, Zack Snyder was trying to build. Man, I'm glad that's over. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know, man. Like, uh. I just can't believe that this is not getting like good reviews. 
It's a bummer. Yeah, and I don't feel like I have to rage against the machine to, no. you know, to to prove that it's great. I'm just like I for for me, I think it it was really really well done. Agreed. And um, uh, deserves to be recognized for that. I mean, again, like I I felt like it did a good job of like without trying to be end game. Right. Putting an end cap on this four was this four now? Yeah, yeah four f- movie series. Yeah, and of, I think I think that's where X-Men. that's where like I I really appreciate this. Like you said, this and Logan, like they they aren't trying to be a big no. like Avengers, uh, even like Avengers Age of Ultron, or like they're not trying to be I, I this think they like know that they big thing. And Apocalypse uh, was trying to be that. Apo- <laughs> was it? I just don't know what it, what it, I don't know what Apocalypse was trying to do. What it was trying to be. I think it was trying to be a disaster movie. That's yeah, the, I mean, okay. you know, like we okay. were that was the thing. That's true. You're right. And I'm just like, <laughs> I don't get it, man. Um because like the oh, thing is, like, you know, X-Men already has the thing that, you know, uh DC wanted and Marvel built up to. They already mm-hmm. have the team. That's right aspect yeah. of it and yeah. i think that they succeeded in this one by kind of not not taking the team out of it but just focusing all their energy on one person yeah and then wrapping the like it doesn't mean that anybody nobody else had any development or had any like amazing moments because they did and yeah. that's the thing that like it's hard to do that within a uh, movie because oh we're going to focus on this thing and then a lot of times the other characters feel very very static right um, well, but that that's not the way that this movie was and, and even you know like I, I liked the fact that we're at we were at a point with these characters where we didn't need a lot of backstory you know right. like first class and yeah. Disney Future Past and um, even Apocalypse with some of the newer characters that they are introducing mm-hmm. we spend a lot of time yeah. on backstory and oh, like. Yeah origin story stuff and like well we don't really need that yeah like we had jeans like backstory as a child and mm-hmm. that was it yeah um and so i don't know uh it's just really well done i you're ready to rate this i think i'm ready to rate this thing man All right. uh what are you gonna rate this uh you go first okay while i bounce back and forth between two numbers <laughs> all right i'm gonna give this um and this is hard i think i'm gonna give this an 8.5 yeah, it's like that's one between two. Are you between eight point five and nine? No, okay. I was between like eight, eight point five. See, I'm gonna put mine at eight point five because I was like, man, the eight, the nine like is is so appealing, but at the same time, like you know, it's just I don't know if it quite achieves it. Yeah. So I might go up whenever I see it a second time and hear that music again because if I was listening <laughs> to that music right now, Chris, man, yeah. If you're a music lover, you better go see this movie. <laughs> All right, John. So next week is obviously E3. That's right. So um, we've kind of tentatively talked about a plan. Yeah. Let's let's see see what we think about this. Um, a recap, basically running through like point by point news items. Probably only on <laughs> Tuesday. I was initially right. thinking like maybe I I could do something just like on my own after uh, on on Sunday and Monday. But I was like, that's just too much. Mm-hmm. But you and Fultron on Tuesday, Fult- Tuesday Fultron, night, we're gonna run through all the all the uh, the bullet points. Love it. Um, just to get it out there. That's okay? awesome. And then we'll be back on Thursday with a whole E3 uh, uh, re not response. It's late. My brain's not working. Um, commentary I dig on it. on everything that, that that was announced that week. I dig it, man. I'm uh, I'm very excited for E3 this year, dude. How's it's, that sound? It's gonna be interesting. I think it sounds good. I'm cool. down with that. Cool. 
Sweet. I'm excited to hear what you guys have to say about it as well. Like, I'll probably be like on the flight back, like, oh my gosh. I'm well, like, here's like, here's the thing. I feel like a lot of the that those shows, like, uh, there's so much stuff to talk about that mm-hmm. it, it, we go like, in, you know, an inch deep with them. And so, well, and be, inevitably things get missed as well. Right. Like, oh, you know, stuff falls through. Or like, oh, the things that are interesting and that like one person wants to pull out and talk about, like the other person will like, you know, want to pull out too. So it's like there's also that aspect of it. Yeah. So it'll be, it'll be, I think it'll be, uh, it'll be good to get a lot of the uh, um, just, just news out of the way and then be able to just like, okay, what are the things that stand out from this week? Like, that's kind of, like, what I'm looking forward to. I like it. I like it. Maybe, cool. like, have a top five or something like that. Top five favorite things yeah. from, from each, yeah. like, little thing. Yeah. I dig it. Cool. Sweet. So stay tuned for that next week. Look for that. Um, and, uh, yeah, like, I'm looking forward to all the press conferences. It's, it's going to be weird not ending up in the theater for Sony's this year. Agreed. Uh, I think, like, you had... <laughs> You had an interesting thought um, about all of the press conferences and things. Like you were, you're like, man, I kind of hope that like it doesn't go well for yeah. like EA and Sony. Like where it's like, oh, I hope that they they come back next year, basically. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, like I mean, it's not that I want them to. F- well, it's, it's hard to like. Well, how do you quantify a failure? But like, just it was is staying away from E3 a good decision for Sony? I don't necessarily think so. I don't think so either. But like, and I don't know when what, like what, what I mean by, I hope it doesn't go well. Yeah. But like, I, I like, cause I don't know what the, uh, what, what the not good outcome of staying away from E3 is. Well, and I think it's honestly, it's, it, I, they'll be back. Like that's, that's where I'm at where it's like, they, there's no way that on a year where they have a console coming out that they don't return and go, here's a, here's yeah. another look at our console or here's what we've got coming up in the right. fall. I kind of feel like, you know, well, and that's the thing. Like, I feel like uh, EA and probably Sony are both kind of in the same boat where they're like, we really don't have anything to show. Mm-hmm. If we were there, uh, what we do show wouldn't be received well. Right. Um, because it's going to be the same old stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, EA's, you know, canceled what three Star Wars games this year or something? Their last year, I don't know, in the past they, year. They had Anthem as so, well. Yeah, and then they had Anthem that you know they're not even planning on being at E3 or something well, like it's that. It's not going to be on the stream at all. So like, uh, they just have they have PR reasons why they yeah. are trying to stay away from yeah. I think a big press conference. Yeah. Um, because otherwise they'd have to come out and talk about all that. That's right. Um, and I don't think they want to do that. Um, Sony, I think that they just like I think that they showed. Uh, we talked about this the past couple of years. They showed everything way too early, mm-hmm. to where like the only thing they can show right now is uh, the same footage of the same games again. Yeah, or next gen, and they don't want to do that yet. Exactly, because the only thing left is next gen. Right, and then they they definitely don't want to do that because they would fall into the same trap of like, okay, well then we're going to show the same games like four years in a row. Like so, totally. at some point, you got to have that lull or whatever. Microsoft got into a similar thing with like with Scalebound and things like that, where it's like, yeah. oh, we ended up canceling those games, or we ended up delaying, delay, delay, crackdown. Yeah. Um, and like there were like that there, it's interesting how it's all laid out. Where it's like it was a slow announcements earlier in the the life cycle for for Xbox this generation, yeah. and then at the end of the life cycle, Sony has all the the slower announcements. So yep. I don't know what's the strategically best way to do well, it. Because but I, you know you know and we'll see what they reveal this week. I just don't think Microsoft isn't you know they are moving toward a generationless true. future. That's true. And. They don't care if it's the end because there's not really an end. That's true. Again, they're they're taking you. Know, we mentioned this earlier. They they're taking the 
you don't have to beat Sony, you just have to outlast Sony. Yeah. You know, kind of approach. Well, on the platform kind of perspective as well, I think like there was some report, um, I think from Bloomberg or whatever earlier this week where they were talking about how the uh, the reason that, that Sony signed the contract with Microsoft for the uh, Azure servers was Google. Was they they were freaked out as a company by the Google Stadia uh, right. yeah, announcement? Yeah, we talked about that a few weeks ago. Yeah, and how like that was the 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 turnkey where they're like, okay, we gotta let's do this. Yeah. Um. So I think like that's like both companies, both Microsoft and PlayStation, are now looking at a like another new competitor, brand new opponent has entered the the, yeah. the stadium. We'll see. And we'll see how that all pans out. I mean, with same them. thing happened with the, the Ouya. <laughs> and, uh, but the difference is, I don't think that you know Steambox. Yeah, it, there was no no world in which anyone was releasing a product that was a direct competitor to Ouya. Like you know, but Microsoft is about to you know release their X Cloud stuff. Yeah, and, and that's going to be direct competitor. Which said to that, you know, that, that's a, you know, we'll see, we'll see, we'll see how this shakes out. I like it. You can find us online at StayInTargetPodcast.com, on Twitter at ChrisRight250, and JohnWright777, and at StayInTargetPod. Please go to your podcast service of choice, review us, tell your friends about us. We really appreciate it. That's it for this week. We'll see you next time on Stay Stay on on Target. Target.